Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately for greater yields and more profit. This episode is brought to you by ADS, Advanced Drainage Systems. Soil, sunlight, and water are the three most important resources in crop production. Let ADS help manage your water resource in a productive and sustainable manner. Advanced Drainage Systems, their reason is water. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where, as promised, you invest a few minutes of your time and we'll save you days, months, years by shortening your learning curve. That's right. It's the Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast. I'm sitting with generation number three and generation number four of Henderson Farms in Alabama. We're going to talk about how to manage, how to succeed, how to make your farm take it and make it to five generations. We're going to talk about practices, habits, and failures. That's right. It's all cards on the table. We're going to be honest. Give me a little background. Mike Henderson, you are his father. Um, Tell me a little bit about how this thing started for you. Well, when I was in school, I worked on the farm. Of course, everybody was on the farm in. School turned out for, so people could pick cotton and stuff. I got off the bus at the trailer, the cotton trailer, and I put my books on the trailer. I, I did, really didn't have no plans of staying in farming at that time. I just, you know, trying to make a living, trying to stay here and keep a family farm going. And as soon as uh, <clears throat> I finished school, I got went and got a job in town. I just... Didn't know what money was at the time. I made a dollar ninety hour. I, that was just great. I mean, I didn't know what to do with all the money. So you you were never going to come back and do this. There wasn't going to be you on this whole third generation thing. Well, my whole deal when I was on the farm here was keeping shotgun shells and uh, uh, fishing pole. I mean, I, I was growing up and I loved out here because that's I never went to town or anything else. That, that was our deal was living off the land here and stuff, and I enjoyed it, but. Uh, I certainly didn't have no plan of coming out here and chopping cotton every day and picking cotton. And, uh, you know, when we come up at this time, it wasn't like it is now. And, of course, it's a good thing because people be starving to death. <clears throat> so you were cotton farmers and you didn't want to be a farmer. You decided you wanted to have a job in town. And the only thing you liked about the country was hunting and fishing. Yeah, yeah. I, I was... I still didn't have no responsibility about me, I guess you'd say. All right, but then you decided to become a farmer. So how'd that happen? Well... I'd, I went to t- went over town and got to working in the building. I thought everything was just great and rosy. I mean, I was working at night. And I was running around getting to run, uh, do things that uh, children do, new car. I was just having a big time, and, you know, all of a sudden uh, things closed in on me. I got in that factory, and it, I compared it to several people of me going in the closet and just shutting the door. I mean, it just come in on me, and I, I knew then. What I was doing wasn't going to work. Money didn't matter no more. You felt you felt trapped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a thing about that. A lot of farm people I know that you stuck them in a you stuck them in a building for a, the, a whole year of their life. They'd say, "Okay, this is it." Uh, all right, your third generation. It was grandpa's. It was dad's. Then you came back. What? How old were you? And how did the transition work out? Well, we like starved death. Uh, when I came back, I, I was fortunate to get laid off at the plant. I was drawing, I think it was uh, like 20-something dollars a, a week, unemployment, which was all I needed, you know. Gas for 30 cents, uh, 
me and uh, my wife now, which we was dating at the time, we could go to the show and eat and everything else on five dollars. We could we could have a big time. So you know, I came back out here and. Uh, of course, me and Dad talked about it, and he said, you know, the farm ain't big enough to support us both. And I told him, I said, well, you know, I, right now I, I'm not really caring about anything. I just want to be back out here so I can maybe get my mind set on what I want to do. I know what I don't want to do. And so, <clears throat> you know, I, I worked on a little bit, and I, I went over here to another place, paid better than what I left. And he interviewed me. He carried me out in the plant, showed me where I'd be working and everything. He said, this, this is the place you'll be working at and everything. We went back in his office and sat down. He could see something in my face. He said, you don't want to be here, do you? And I said, no. I said, but I, I'm going to do something. And he said, I'm laying this application right here on the end of this desk that we filled out. And said, y your job's over. He said, in a week, if you don't come out here to work, it's falling in that trash can right by the desk. I never went back. <laughs> and, of course, my dad, we expended, we, I come out here and we uh, got in the pig business. We built a pit, firing barn and stuff and we got in it try to have enough money to keep us going here to figure out what was doing we was able to rent a farm or two that came open here uh we never our family never went out and rented nobody else out we've never done that and we've taken care of the opportunity if a farm comes up we would be interested in it okay you were what early 20s yes early 20s you built a farrowing hog operation and then you built the other thing and then expanded to now you start handing things over to him. We're going to get to the practices, habits, and failures, by the way. Uh, what practice? What thing did you – what did you do that you think was a, a good practice starting out? Well, first of all, you know, one of the good practices, you be here early, you don't mind working late, and you got to be that, especially when us, you know, chemicals weren't available at this time. <clears throat> and if you did not – if you did not work at it, you, you it was tough then. I mean, we, we worked hard and long and everything else, which they do now, but we do what we do and now it would take I don't know how many people it'd take to do what we do. All right. So working hard, I'd call it more of a habit. Let's talk about a practice. What thing do you think that you did from a farming practice, uh, you know, even back then that you're like, Man, that served us well. Yeah, well, it, we had chemicals coming on the market at the time. The first ones that come on here, we we don't even know what Trefland is now. Right. And certainly Roundup didn't come along to way later yeah, and stuff. But <clears throat> the practice we did, as stuff becomes available, that's one thing on the farm you always want to be ready for is change. You cannot be stuck in your habit of what, what we did and what my granddaddy did and everything else. you got to be willing to change. Every day is different. Right. You stay off the farm, too, to three years you might as well go on down the road because you you completely out of touch okay well it's interesting you can hand the microphone over to chad but you said when we were setting up here you said i don't know if i liked all this new technology i guess maybe i'm stuck in my ways but you know what you just countered your very statement because <laughs> guess what you just told me you were one of the early users of herbicide you were one of the early <laughs> users of stuff so what did i just hear a practice that you recommend a practice that served you well as you adapted to the new tools that were in front of you yeah yeah <clears throat> that's right but when you tote a hoe and a pick sack you 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 more likely to change and you know back in those days it, it was we worked hard and long and uh you'll change you'll change uh, that's why everything you see has been invented somebody stood back and figured out it's got to be an easier way yeah I, I agree with you go ahead and hand it over to chad so all right on the outside by the way chad henderson you all know him because you're an extreme ag follower but if you don't give it you're the fourth generation he's your dad what else do we need to know uh, that's about it. All right. A practice that you saw growing up 
that he was doing or grandpa was doing that you still think was a, a you learned from and said that's a good practice? Um, I, th- I still think working up the ground, conventional, farm, conventional farming was a good practice. You know, I mean, it was the only practice at time. And then when we come into no-till, it was a good practice, you know, and it had a place and figuring out where those places fit. And now we're into strip-tilling, it has a place. So keeping your mind open, again, kind of like he was saying, but keeping your mind open to different areas and different things to do on different pieces of land. Yeah, that's not even just technology. That's more a matter of a new methodology. Method. Yeah, Mm -hmm. methodology. You know, conventional tillage, no-tillage, strip-tillage, all these different things. So you think a practice that you saw from him and now you is that you always adapt to not just technology, but also methodology. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Because uh, I can't say that, okay, well, we just, we, you know, we've de- done a deep tillage and we, we deep tillage and that's just, that's just going to work. I mean, it's just always going to work. Yeah. You, you, you can't always say that, you know. Okay. So question for you, extreme ag, uh, you know, you, you set your, you guys are a collection of people that set records and you do a lot of things uh, right. And that's why you're winning yield contests. And that's how this whole thing came together for extreme ag. And don't forget, we admit a lot of failures. That's why before we get, <laughs> we're going to we're we're get to failures. But let's also admit this. Uh, I talk about it in one of my books about your habits. Um, you, you know, everybody says, oh, he's a creature of habit. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, he does the same thing every day. I'm like, if it's mindless, that's a routine, not a habit. A habit to me is active. It's more like flossing your teeth is a good habit, right? Uh, going to the gym and exercising, that's a good habit. But it's also active. So I think habits are different than routines and that routines kind of become mindless. You're doing it almost out of laziness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh what good habit do you have and what bad habit do you have to manage? Because you can be a yield contest winner. You can be extreme hag. You can be all that. But let's admit it. Sometimes we got bad habits we have to work around. Give me yours. Well, um, a good habit, I guess I'd say that we have here on this farm is attention to detail. There you go. Attention to detail is one. And attention to timing. Understanding timing of whatever crop you're trying to grow. That's a good habit, I think, to get into. Attention to detail and adherence to timing. Yep. You you absolutely, you're saying because crop cycle, climatological cycle, That's uh, right. et cetera, et and, cetera. And you can't always hit that. You're, you're never going to be perfect and hit it on the whole crop. You know, that's, that's never going to happen. But doing the best you can do to have the equipment in place to do that at the highest percentage has really helped us a lot. All right. And like most people, he's reluctant when I asked him for his uh, his bad habits. But, you know, I'll go ahead and tell you. I've got plenty of bad habits. I'm hot. I'm hot-headed. Uh, I'm short-tempered. I, uh, I'm impatient. Um, and I have to manage those things. It's gotten easier <laughs> as I've gotten older, thank goodness. What's your bad habit or what's up? I'm, I'm impatient. Okay. I'm impatient. I want something to grow in. I want it to grow now. I want something to look a certain way. And I want it to look a certain way now. I'm definitely impatient. Okay. And and in managing that, what do you do to manage that? I try to give it I try to count. You know, like some people so you know, you know, let's say let's say for instance, let's say that you uh before you respond to something, you're gonna to count to ten, right? Count to five, anything. Your wife says something to you, let me just count them in, let me take two deep breaths. Yeah. Well take the same thing at a corn crop, but just give it give it three or four days. Okay. So, in, <laughs> so it's counting in, days. Man, managing a ba- you manage the habit you gotta manage is impatience. Uh all right, now here's another thing. Looking at your dad, because the other thing is, generation to generation, I can look at practices that my parents did well. Um, I can look at practices they didn't. My parents were not business-minded. They were blue-collar-minded. They were not, because we were not well-held. They both, they, you know, they weren't farm owners until ours. 
they were not business minded they were work minded people and i've turned into more entrepreneurial business minded clearly your family he didn't want to work in that factory he wanted to be out here so you look at that say a good habit he had was he apparently every day looked at it as this is my business Mm -hmm. what was his bad habit I don't know. All right, pass the lost, microphone. You have, you have lost the, your mind if you're going to say that. Look, look, my dad's sitting here right here within, right. within slapping distance. Right. Like, that's, that's a bad habit. Right. You had a bad habit. Pass the <laughs> microphone. I want to know what bad habit. I want to know what bad habit the, old, the, the, the older generation here had. Well, we all are guilty of not taking family time. We will yeah. put it into the farm and not have the family time. Our wives all sacrifice. Our children, I didn't get to go to all these football games and stuff. You know, we sacrificed, but, you know, we we was business-minded enough to know that we was building for the future, I guess. And that's one of the worst things that ever happened is we was guilty of working when we should have took more family time, I guess. But, you know, uh, we... I I can't tell anybody that they got to do this, but, you know, take time to smell the roses, I guess they say, because, you know, you just hear it once and you go through it, and this is a business we got. Yes, I'm proud to be passing it on. Some people, it ends with them, and I'm glad we got people coming. That makes me right now do more to keep this business maybe where it needs to be or whatever. Work, work ethic is indeed, uh, it's a it's a trait it's also the habit of every day you look out and see something that needs done and then you say should i go and see my son's football game well this needs done and so you're saying your 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 good traits and your habit of always wanting to be getting things done also there's a little sacrifice to that when you're working for yourself you'll work harder than you will for anybody else and you know it depends on you if you don't make it here it's your fault on a lot of it now nature comes into this thing but when you're working and it's it comes down to you didn't get it done because of something or another and you just think back i was at that football game i i was somewhere else you know you got a point at you we've we've had these issues even come up here in the last few years here you know, of know. things we're doing but you know you you cannot go through life doing this and you know you, you can always look back where you needed one hour or a I, one day I or I, I kick myself sometimes too and, and you know I'm, i've gotten like way better at it but uh, i haven't had a real job for 27 years but what that means is as i always point out a self-employed guy takes a day off all that means he really did was book himself for double time tomorrow <laughs> it, 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 you know and that's the reality of it all right you've been around a while you're in your 70s you're a smart guy you look at your son He's uh, he's part of Extreme Ag. He's doing fine, uh, but uh, it doesn't mean he's um, not uh, got room for improvement. What practice do you see that he does really, really well that he improved upon from you? And in what habit do you see that maybe uh, he has that's uh, holding him back? Can I leave? Well, you know, the practices are showing up here. I told you. I said, I'm, I'm not the technology guy around here. That's a good practice for him and everything. Yeah, he's, ad- he's an adopter, an adapter. He, he, yeah, he, it's the yeah. new stuff. Yeah, the, the stuff comes out. We on the cutting edge of it usually, you know, trying it out. Some of it don't work now. So, you know. What do you think he, do, what do you think he can improve upon? What's the habit or what's a, what's a bad habit? habit he has or what's a what's a, something that you see room for improvement you well, know hey because you know what consultants get paid thousands of dollars to come in and tell you what you're doing wrong so you, you're doing this for free <laughs> well you, you know the thing i i've told him several times i said put, throw your wrenches down and go home you know he, he he's on the edge of being a workaholic and yeah. you know i go, just go, feel go like see your wife go see your kids go see your grandkids yeah 
Well, you know what? I, I, I helped. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I helped with, I helped with that last night. I showed up, and he decided to knock off and have a drink and hold his granddaughter. So uh, yeah. maybe I need to show up more often. <laughs> yeah. All right, flops, failures. All right, and you don't go, don't give us all of them because you know what? We can fill a whole other podcast with just flops and failures. But uh, uh, sit here with the Henderson guys. Uh, you didn't get here by accident. Third generation, fourth generation, continuing to grow, evolve, expand. But when you do that, if you're out there, if you're laying your ass out there, eventually you're going to fail. Where have you failed? Well, failures come with success. You know, I, I read in a book one time how many times Thomas Edison went before he finally got that phone work, you know, <laughs> and everything. And that comes with it here. And, you know, we we failed some of these things we tried on crops. We didn't have to go out there and harvest them because of something we did. Yeah. You yeah. know, so. So, so you mean you, you, you didn't have to bother with harvesting because there was no crop there? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, give uh, me one failure that stands out that you can say. Listener, viewer, learn from this. Oh, you got a, one? That's a. I have one. Well, you got multiple. Let's say it. Just give a profile of one. Well, it just didn't work for me. Okay, go ahead. And by the way, everybody, everybody right now is probably listening, <laughs> saying, "Well, to narrow it down to the one that's got a lesson, because there's always a whole bunch of them." Uh, I'll give you one of my failures. Uh, I started out back in my old days, I was a political comedian and things took off at the second year window, third year, and things just went bananas. And I made that mistake. This might be why showbiz people are so screwy in their head. I thought, man, the next time it's going to be this easy after the few years of learning curve, it's going to be easy the second time. And then what do you know? (laughs) There was four years of miserable setbacks again so a failure frankly was my viewpoint of how it would be easier the next time granted i had a lot of knowledge but the work was still Hmm. hard and the setbacks were still formidable so my failure was in that i somehow mistakenly thought that it wouldn't take as much as it did the second time or third time as i had the first time to make it I would say some of our on on what I see some of our failures is a lot of time thinking that we can just get it done. Um, it's it's hard to find good help, and we have good help, but we could we could use more help. I guess I guess we try to spread ourselves too thin. Yeah. You know, as as a lot of farmers do. You know, uh, not buying extra combine or wasn't this, John, wasn't John Henry that was going to take on the machine and drill through a mountain, and he just thought, well, I I'm a hard worker, and sometimes. You, you can't drill through the mountain, can you? <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. You know, that's that's one thing we. Well, I think I know that I stretch myself too thin a lot of times. Okay, so failure is maybe biting off more than you can chew. Biting because, off more than you can chew. Is that because of arrogance, work ethic? Um, uh, really, don't ask for help. Uh, yeah. we, 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 you know, we're we're self sufficient people, and we just I I don't I guess you could call it ego. I don't guess it's ego, but but we just you know. We're on the cutting edge of getting things done, and we just think we just add one more to it and just keep getting it done. We out here farming for a reason, right. and most time is because we can't take orders from somebody else in a business, and we out here trying to run our own. Because you never went, because you never went back and handed the application into factory, even though he gave you a week to do so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a failure. You got one? Did you think of one? <clears throat> 
tell me about the crop that you never had to bother harvesting. Is it because uh, you mistreated it? Because you tried to go in with a double crop too late, heading into a predicted drought? Is it because uh, you, you experimented a little too hard on something? Uh, anything that comes to mind? Yeah, yeah. I think I think we experimented a little hard. We we <laughs> we got to know that that this so much of this would do this good, and we said, well, well, if we do double, it'll be double good. No. no. It wouldn't. Yeah. You, you better follow recommendations when you go to yeah. doing things like yeah, if, this. If a pound's good, three pounds has to be better. Yeah. Three times is good, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's a lesson learned, and them kind of lessons, they stick with you. Practices, habits, and failures with generation number three, generation number four here of Henderson Farms for the Extreme Ag Cutting the Curve podcast. Closing thoughts. What do you got for me on practices, habits, and failures? And I'll tell you why I called it this. I think that every business you rely on, you rely on your personal habits and you manage your bad ones or you're going to be really, really in a, in a bad way. Uh, your daily practices, those are those things that, man, it's made you what you are. Uh, and, and you say, okay, but it's not the same every year. You know, glyphosate comes out, you use it. Glyphosate might go away because these lawsuits. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? That's a practice and an employing methodology, as we said. And failures, uh, anybody tells you I haven't made any, I think they're stupid or they're lying. Uh, are they too uh, arrogant? They're too arrogant to to admit truth. I would, I would, you know, if if you know, we didn't really give a specific thing, a specific practice, or a specific failure, you know. But I would advise everyone to just take a second. If you listen to this podcast, you take a second and you just kind of, kind of rate yourself. If it, if if any farmer, if one farmer rates himself on the things we just talked about, and it changes or helps him register or take on the things he's got in a day's time, then this was a success. Well, we've touched on this, and be open-minded about things as far as what works and what don't. What works for us may not work for a neighbor down the road here. you you got your own farm. You know your land. You know your practices and stuff. What we say in here may not be exactly what you want, but pick from it some of the things that we're talking about here that will help you to improve your operation here, whatever it <clears throat> may be. And, you know, we <clears throat> we all we – all, a farmer is not – he's usually not uh, – shy on working working don't always right. do it you you got to you got to look at the situation here if farm our operation like a chain here when we get something going here whatever the weak link is that's holding us back that's the one you got to take care of i don't care if it may be something on the other end that's minimal and stuff whatever it is it holds you back and that's that's always been our thinking here we we had grain bins we went to grain bins we couldn't stay in truck lines and work what we was doing uh we didn't have enough trucks to keep operation you got to keep that main thing is when you get that machine to fill it's got to keep running whatever it takes it's got to keep running if that's another man if that's another machine if whatever it is you cannot be stopped in the field you've got to be running at all times yeah the capital equipment obviously is a huge investment you got to make sure it's paying for itself. yeah exactly and you know i ain't telling you go buy a combine because i know what they cost i know what they cost maybe your neighbor down the road can help you out if you get in a situation like this but we all think we can do it all ourselves we just don't want to ask for help and we get in those situations a lot of time that cost us because we're hard-headed enough that we don't do what we should do. <laughs> All right, last thought from the from the sun here. You gonna listen to your old man every day? That's good. Anything else you got to add on failure? On I'm sorry, on practices, habits, and failures. You know, it's just like I said earlier. You know, just just take use your life and glean something from it that would take and and see that hey, you know, 
again, working hard is good, but that don't do everything. You know, look at your family time, look at the things like that. That's told you that's my failure. My biggest failure is I don't do enough of that. Mm-hmm. And and I'll take that with it and, and try to do better from it, you know. Been listening to the third and fourth generation of Henderson Farms here on Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast. We're going to call it a wrap right now. Remember your practices, your habits, and your failures. They can all make you stronger. Uh, they can also be big learning experiences for you. So till next time, signing out and uh, keep on learning from Henderson Farms. Thank you for tuning in to Cutting the Curve. Could your farming operation benefit from better drainage, lower costs, and increased yields? Advanced drainage systems can help. From drainage solutions to irrigation and water recycling, at ADS, their reason is water. Water.